to the Web3 Prof Podcast. Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. I am here with Vo Ganaratna, who is the uh, co-founder of Ethos. Thanks for being with me here today. Thanks for having me, Jared. Really appreciate it. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Nailed it after lots of practice. <laughs> they don't need to know that. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, it's, it's so great to be here uh, with you. Um, tell us before we get into anything. Uh, first, maybe tell us how did you get into Web3? And then after that, I want to hear what is Ethos? So let's start off with kind of your, 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 your journey into Web3 maybe in, in one minute. How did it all start? Perfect. So I'll share a, uh, a not so great story to, to, to start with, <laughs> with, uh, with, with uh, Web3. So my experience to this uh, Web3 was in the gift card industry. Mm-hmm. And I first came across like Bitcoin in like 2013, 2014. Yeah. And I was at a conference and uh, a small company called Coinbase was, was announced. And they were giving their attendees uh, like 0.025 of a Bitcoin. Oh, really? And I was where, like, where was this? Uh, the Money 2020 conference in Las Vegas. Oh. And so I was like, uh, like Bitcoin didn't understand it. Yeah. It was super busy. Fast forward years later, like 2016, 2017, I, I kind of jumped back in. And sure enough, I went to go claim that. Yeah. And it, it was gone. Oh, uh, you still had? Like, I still had the email. You still had? <laughs> Oh, dang. The expiration date got you. It did. It did. And so uh, that was my non-alpha move. But <laughs> I think in, that really kind of pushed me forward. And so I think 2017 uh, was kind of caught up in the, the crypto uh, phase there. So yeah. uh, bought some coins, um, you know, pretty much at the, the top at the time. Yeah. Like I think it was like November, December of yeah. 2017. Yeah. Crash. Um, I held everything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just kind of filed it away. And then... 2020 um huge sports fan got into nba top shot okay um and really was one a collector and then two just someone who enjoys technology was like what's making this work like how can i see this you know where is this going um and then really just kind of um was a collector not not a very good one um and then that got me to, to ethos in 2022 oh interesting okay I mean, that's similar to me. Like I got into crypto like November, December, 2017 during the big oh, run yeah. and held all my tokens, Bitcoin, Litecoin and Ethereum. And then, uh, and then, you know, kind of a year or two later kind of really got into it, you know, but it was that, I think, and there's so many people that got into, into crypto at that point. It was, it was, it was kind of a, a big push for people. Um, so then ethos 2022 comes along, which is this year. So in this year, you got involved with Ethos. Did it already exist? And what is it? Yeah, so the, the background on Ethos is we are a white label NFT platform. Mm-hmm. And so when we looked at kind of the current state of NFTs, you know, as a brand, you can kind of launch an NFT project uh, one of two ways, right? Yeah. Uh, so one, you can launch on like OpenSea or Rarible or Nifty. Great kind of distribution. Uh, mm-hmm. but not necessarily a branded experience. Yeah. And so the, the second option is doing something like The Gap, which, um, you know, they have blockchain developers, uh, you know, they have a full kind of Web3 team, yeah. capital intensive, um, and pretty, you know, interesting at, at this phase in the game. And so kind of the, the thesis of Ethos is we want to be that third option. So yeah. we want to be able that a brand could come to us uh, go online, uh, give us their marketing assets, and then we essentially take care of the rest. So yeah. uh, we're doing like landing pages, purchasing pages. Um, we do believe 
uh, the user experience is key. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we accept credit card, PayPal, Apple Pay, um, and then we're also blockchain agnostic. So yeah. um, we're trying to simplify the user experience. You know, our kind of bigger goal is that we believe kind of the the wave of mass adoption is actually going to come from existing consumers yeah. interacting with brands that they already do on, on a daily basis. So if I, let's say, I don't know, I'm Arcteryx or I'm Herschel, and I want to launch an NFT project, you guys will build me like Arcteryx.com slash NFT, and uh, we'll be able to go there, buy the Arcteryx NFT, um, and pay with a credit card. So where does my NFT, where is my NFT held? So is there some type of wallet that you guys um, have created? And um, who holds the keys to that wallet, if, especially in relation to me paying with a credit card? How, do, how does that process work? Yeah, so uh, great question. Um, so as, as far as kind of the, the flow goes, um, Ethos is holding the, the NFT mm -hmm. until the, the user claims it. So from a user experience perspective, you know, Jared, crypto enthusiast, has a wallet. You purchase that NFT on Arterix or Herschel. Um, you just take your NFT and, and you uh, transfer it out to your MetaMask wallet. Um, you know, my mom or dad, not familiar with it, just got into e-commerce. They purchase an NFT that's in uh, an Ethos account. So we're essentially the custodian. Yeah. Uh, and then whenever they want or whenever they have the need to kind of claim that NFT or if they want to sell it, trade it, whatever uh, they can, uh, they then uh, will take that uh, using uh, kind of a crypto wallet. But we're, we're essentially kind of holding it until yeah. uh, it, the consumer wants to take it out. Okay. So, uh, and, and if, um, are you asking Arcteryx to, to decide on a blockchain to create their project so that they can then allow that to be sent to MetaMask or Phantom or whichever? Is that a decision that they have to make? So it's, it's one we make kind of in concert with our partners. So, um, you know, different brands have different objectives. Um, you know, obviously the environment is, is super important, right? So kind of pre-merge, uh, you know, we had a lot of customers wanted to go do like Flow or Solana or, or Polygon. Um, so it's something that will work with them and, and maybe guide them, um, you know, to a blockchain. Again, we're agnostic. So if, if someone comes off the street and says, hey, you know, I want to be launching on Solana because we, you know, we've got a relationship, we've got phantom wallets, we're ready to go. Uh, we fully support that. Okay, interesting. So you guys have the technology to support all blockchains. So, you know, right now we're, we're kind of uh, at, the, at the, what I'll call like the big three, which is uh, Flow, Ethereum and Polygon. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to add Solana pretty shortly. Uh, you know, I, things like Tezos are, are pretty interesting. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of waiting for like the blockchain wars to, to peter out because, uh, you know, there's so many that are out there. Uh, and so whoever, you know, wins out or whoever has that mass scale, you know, we, we can kind of uh, push the, the brand there. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, and there are so many blockchains, right? Like Aptos is like launched now and their token launches, I think tomorrow. And it's like, you oh, know, wow. what, what is, uh, you know, this is just another one on the list of things for us to understand and get <laughs> our minds around. Right. Um, okay. So let's get into, um, some of these topics. So first I, I'd like you to explain in your words, uh, what is web three? So like when your parents say like, oh, what do you do for work again? And you're like, oh, I work in Web3. Like, how do you explain Web3 to someone like maybe your parents? So I'll be completely honest. I'm still fighting that battle. <laughs> Months in, they still don't understand it. Yeah. Um, it was funny because when kind of the crypto crashes were occurring, like my sister told my mom, she goes, price of Bitcoin's down. You should check on Mahara. And I was like, they're not correlated. But, but anyway, to, to kind of answer your question, 
Uh, so Web3 is, is what I would call a, like an umbrella term uh, for kind of like decentralized technology, mm -hmm. right? So um, that includes NFTs, that's crypto, that's DeFi, that's everything uh, kind of blockchain uh, associated with. One of the kind of explanations I like to use is, you know, if you look at kind of Web1, which is kind of the early days of the internet, right? Um, strictly kind of read only, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the internet was more educational in purpose. It was more like government, you know, files, you know, information is stored, you read it. Web2, uh, you know, the kind of co common uh, read-write. Mm -hmm. So now you had social media, you had, uh, you know, uh, applications out there that allowed you to kind of, you know, put out your own user-generated content. And then Web3, read-write-own, which is kind of everything with the blockchain where now you own that asset, uh, you know, it's yours to keep, you hold that and you can kind of do whatever you want with it. That's great. Okay, that's super helpful. So, I mean, and I think that's a fairly common description of what Web3 is, like read, write, and own. Um, so now the, another question that I, I think is, is really important for us to figure out is like, what is an NFT? Now, I've asked this question of a lot of people, and I have seen a wide <laughs> variety of definitions to some, some, some that are super simple and some that are like really, really complicated. And so if I ask you, what is an NFT? How do you respond? So I'm I'm in the super simple camp. So uh, for me, an in, in NFT is a, a digital asset on the blockchain, mm -hmm. uh, and because of kind of the properties of the blockchain, uh, it's unique and individual, right? So when you do that fungible, non fungible, you know the example is like you know if I give you a, a one dollar bill, um, we can exchange that and it's still a one dollar bill. Yeah. But the NFT that I own and that you own are going to be different, whether it's like serial number, trait, whatever it may be, and, and therefore it's, it's not necessarily fungible if that makes sense yeah yeah i think i think yeah i think that's that's great a digital asset on the blockchain is about as simple as we need to understand and, and i guess that leaves uh us open to all kinds of opportunities in nfts right now people understand i think most people who have heard of nfts understand nfts as a piece of art in your opinion is a piece of art the depth or the breadth in which nfts are going to land or is it much is it much greater than that yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think the, the, what I'll call NFT 1.0 is, was focused on art. Yeah. Right? And, and I think that was really good from like a collectability perspective, you know, a, a lot of, and definitely not in the art world and I'm sure, you know, our mutual friend Todd could, could share more, but yes. you know, you have, uh, you know, a, a class of people who might not be able to buy physical art, but they can buy digital art, they own it. Um, it might appreciate. Right. Uh, but for me, kind of the, the value in NFTs, uh, is in that smart contract and what you, can you do with that, right? So is that, you know, real estate transactions? Is it, you know, trades? Is it, um, you know, buy one, get ones? Is it promotions? Is it exclusive content? And so mm. I think uh, NFTs is in the art phase uh, will gradually evolve into like a more utility-based system where the consumer now says, hey, this NFT looks cool, um, but what what does it do for me? You know, what what is the tangible benefit that, that I get out of, of owning that? And And I think... We're at a point now where the markets are kind of telling us, hey, you know, there's enough 10K PFP projects out there. Uh, we don't need another one. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, do something cool, right? And like, if you look at something like Bored Ape, you know, they did well because they came after and said, hey, you get to kind of own, you know, your licenses and you get to kind of own your content. So we, we need that uh, to kind of evolve the, the existing space right now. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So when uh, we look at Ethos, uh, I guess you guys are primarily involved with consumer-facing brands. 
Um, so why is it important for kind of the movement of Web3? Why is it important that we see some of these consumer facing brands get into this space? And also what brands are we seeing jumping in kind of full on like we want to get into Web3, we want to do NFTs, whatever that means? Yeah, so I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure you know crypto Twitter is a is a fun place, and so I would say when I first started kind of digging in, crypto Twitter was was very isolated and focused on kind of the early adopters, right? And so it was interesting to see you know a lot of the content, you know, even a year ago, was like you know brands will never adopt it, you know they'll never understand it. We don't need brands, you know we're 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 strong. Um, Fast forward a year later, you know, I, I think a lot of the kind of those skeptics are saying we've kind of tapped out in terms of like the NFT and crypto community uh, in terms of like if you're in the community now, you're going to be in there. Right. Um, and, you know, there's so much barrier on the technology side to onboard new users as a kind of crypto native user. I think now people are saying like and, and I've seen this on Twitter, uh, you know, a lot of folks are like, OK, you know, we do need brands, you know, entering the space. Right. And so you know, some examples, uh, you know, they there's a wide range, you know, we, you've got like QSRs, like McDonald's and Burger King, you know, kind of entering the space and like McDonald's is a fun one with like the McRib as, you know, a famous sandwich that they kind of tokenized as, as an NFT um, all the way up to like, you know, a, a brand like Gucci, who's done multiple NFT campaigns, you know, they've collaborated with artists in a very like authentic way. Uh, and then, you know, I think Nike and Adidas are, are probably two of the, the most popular ones with um, Nike obviously buying Artifact and, you know, some of the cool things that they're doing um, on the physical sneaker side, as well as the digital, uh, and then Adidas's collaboration with like Board Ape, and um, you know th those things were like selling out, you know, like crazy. I think what Nike did like 185 million dollars, something like that, just off their NFTs. Yeah, and I mean, I've read like the some people have estimated the cost of that business for them, cost them like maybe like $3 million to do that or something like that. So their ROI on that is just outrageous. Yeah, like, why wouldn't they be in the NFT space if they're doing ROI like that? Hundred percent, and and I think that's where you know we're we're starting to see more and more examples, right? Like even kind of what Tiffany's did that collaboration with CryptoPunks was was really cool. Um, it was a slightly different than just you know selling in in NFT. They were very focused on that community, but um, you know we're seeing this kind of daily brands are launching, and that you know I'd be doing a disservice, but the the big one in the room is you know the the recent Starbucks announcement. Uh, right. And so the fact that they're kind of evolving that loyalty program into something that's more Web3 focused, they're fully committing to it. And they launched in a, in a bear market, I thought was was pretty interesting. And, you know, in, in our past life, you know, in the, in the gift card world, uh, you know, everyone would come to us and say, hey, I want what Starbucks has. Like that was the gold standard. And I think, you know, if you fast forward three, six months, I think brands are going to be like, hey, I want what Starbucks has. Hey, can you put some context here? Because I know you're involved with Biotab. Maybe tell us a little bit about that and, and tie that together because I think that's really interesting on what Starbucks is doing today and, and kind of what you used to do with, uh, with Biotab. Yeah, so my, my kind of previous gig to, to Ethos was uh, I was an early stage employee at uh, a Vancouver startup here called uh, Biotab. Um, and so we did online digital gift cards uh, and this was 12 years ago. Uh, and so we would go to brands and say, hey, you know, you're selling your gift cards uh, in store or uh, through like a third party, like, a, you know, a, a Safeways or a Whole Foods or, or whatnot. You should be selling it on, online into your website. And this was, you know, e-commerce really had its kind of like good inflection point with COVID. So you can imagine 12 years ago, people are like, you know, I don't get enough traffic. You know, why right. would I kind of do that? And, you know, Starbucks is, you know, it's gift and loyalty. Um, and, you know, once, you know, I think we all have a Starbucks card, whether it's physical or digital, 
once that kind of experience of, hey, it's mobile first, I come in, I'm accruing rewards for that. Um, you know, brands were like basically eating it up like wildfire. Like they would literally just call us and say, we want exactly what they have. And there's obviously <laughs> some nuance there. Um, but I think, you know, Starbucks like entering is uh, is a, an important point in, in history for mainstream adoption because, right. I think, you know, they're basically a, a massive bank with hundreds of millions of customers. Um, imagine all of those people get NFTs now, right? So, so then why is it that we, it still seems like nobody knows what NFTs are. And it still seems like nobody has any understanding of what this is. And also if they do know of it or if they've heard of it, they think it's kind of a scam or they think it's not legitimate or that it's a passing fad. But you just rattled off like some of the biggest brands in the world are jumping into this full on, like Nike and Adidas and um, Balenciaga and Prada and Gucci. And I mean, we, the, the list is like huge, McDonald's and like, but still the common person on the street has no idea what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting that, and um, maybe I'll ask this to you, uh, you know, I think crypto has a bit of a marketing problem, which is it's marketed towards like the complex person. Right. And so it's non-fungible tokens, it's, you know, hashes and transactions and kind of all these complicated terms where really then consumer wants to make this uh, experience super easy, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of one of the things that we're trying to do at Ethos is like, how do we simplify the process uh, to make it as easy as possible for, you know, the person walking down the street to go and buy? And, and you know, I think eventually we'll get to the point where um, people are buying NFTs and they're not even calling them NFTs. It's right. like, hey, this is my, you know, digital card, my digital item, whatever it may be. Um, but I, I think to answer your question, I think a lot of it is like marketing uh, driven and and, you know, to a certain point, the the greater kind of market conditions have, have you know definitely hurt, right? Yeah. Um, I think I saw it was like Logan Paul bought an FT for like a million dollars and like now it's like worth like a hundred bucks or something. Right? So. <laughs> Logan Paul can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I look at this and I think, you know, like as a Web3 educator, um, I have the web3prof.com um, creating courses um, around NFTs and crypto. I, I view this as, you know, big challenges around education. Um, and I think one way that we solve this marketing issue you refer to is by educating people and just being like, here, there are safe ways to buy crypto and there are unsafe ways, you know, and here are, here's the difference between those two things or, or here are safe ways to buy NFTs and here are unsafe ways, or here are the, here are the reasons that NFTs, you know, hold value and educating people I think is, is really important in partnership with the user experience it needs to be way better because it's a disaster. You know, and um, whether I'm using Flow or Solana or Ethereum or whatever, every blockchain has the same challenge that they're trying to work through right now is kind of how do we deal with this user experience with connecting a wallet and and um, and user like gas fees, like what's a gas fee, you know, like that's confusing. Why, why do I need to have this token in my wallet so I can buy, use, uh, buy an NFT, but I want to pay with this token, but I need this token to pay the gas and I mean, no wonder no one, no, you know, no wonder people are, are, are having a hard time onboarding. You know, it's confusing. No, and, and I agree 100%, Jared. And I think you, you're in a great position to kind of educate the, the masses on that. The other point, like I, I believe pretty passionately, is that the technology is at its like early stage right now. Right. Right. And so I think the, you know, the early days, the technology, you know, blockchain in general was probably ahead of where the ideas were. And I think now the ideas are ahead of the technology and, you know, that's why I'm, you know, super happy with, with the merge and, you know, I, I haven't seen anything too negative about it, but 
it shows that you know, there's a kind of the software mindset uh, in, in Web3, which is we recognize that something's broken, we're going to do something to fix it, uh, and that ultimately benefits the user, right? It's just unfortunate to, you know, as I was saying, you know, we're just in the earliest days where, you know, things like, you know, Solana is going down. And I don't think it's personally that big of a deal. Um, I think it's it's ironing up the technology. They've obviously had, you know, great success with like a marketplace like Magic Eden mm-hmm. and onboarding users. Um, let's give this let's give some time to the technology to catch up to kind of where we're at kind of in the, in the business world. Okay, so this is a good segue into my next question. So how do we speed up the adoption of getting more people into Web3 to buy more NFTs or to use NFTs, not even just buy them, but to use them in different ways? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's how you give someone your business card or whatever, you know, whatever those use cases is, how do we speed up this adoption process? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think part of it's going to be, you know, at the at the wallet level, right? So whether that's, you know, Phantom or Rainbow or MetaMask, uh, I think that they've got to make that uh, process easier. Um, you know, I think having, you know, like I know when I when I sign up for new wallets, it, it still kind of creeps me out in terms of like the, <laughs> the seed phrases and it's like, do right. not do not lose these. And yeah. you've got a, a safety deposit box inside of a safety deposit box to, to make sure that you're, you know, keeping it safe, right? So I, I think part of it is is going to be kind of on the on the wallet providers to to make that experience um, easier. I mean, one of the things we focus on uh, on Ethos is is the storage uh, ability, right? So. Um, where we have an integration to Apple Wallet and soon to be Google Wallet, where now you can display your NFT as, as a pass, so like your boarding pass. Oh, cool. Yeah, so and, and one of the reasons we did it was, you know, you have this NFT, you know, in kind of the MetaMask world, you know, you've got to go in, sometimes it displays, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, why not just have it in a format that people are used to, which is like your boarding pass or, you know, what I was saying earlier with your Starbucks card, right? So part of it is going to be also uh, the storage. And then also, you know, if we go down even a step uh, deeper, it's going to be, you know, the the retailer kind of point of sale side. So um, now, you know, Vahara as a consumer comes in, I can show my wallet, um, it scans, uh, and that process is super seamless, right? And so, uh, you know, it's, We'll get there. You know, there's kind of a lot of kind of cool technologies and companies that are out there that I think will help. Um, but it, it, it's something, as, as you rightfully said, we've got to make it easier or else we're, we're not going to kind of achieve that, you know, critical success. Yeah, I think I think maybe six months ago or earlier this year, Phantom released kind of their wallet app. And I, I primarily use Solana. And uh, it was great because they, NFTs display really well in Phantom Wallet. They're always there. You can see them. It's super easy to find them. And it's an excellent experience. And when I use my MetaMask wallet, like you, I don't, I, half the time, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like sometimes they're there. I don't know where they went. Um, you have all these different wallets within your phantom wallet, these sub wallets that you're trying to trying to work out. And, and, it, and, it, and it's challenging. With Flow, it's like I use the Flow wallet. Well, it's just uh, it, they don't have an app. So, you know, I got to like go into my browser and look at my NFT that way. You know, so the experience is kind of subpar in this if I want to show someone my NFT, you know, which is not really the reason I have it, but sometimes I'd like to show people that I have an NFT, but sometimes it's hard to do. So uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts. So what do you think of kind of Meta's announcement and Twitter's announcement with the NFTs being used as profile pictures? Because to, right, to your point, maybe you don't have a wallet, but if your Instagram profile is verified, you can see that you own it. I think that's kind of some social proof there to be like, I own it and you know, it happens to be my display photo. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. I think that there's a certain part of society that really wants to be able to 
kind of brag about their NFTs or show that they have you know verified NFTs. And I think I think the more and more Web two companies get involved with this and kind of make this Web two point five and and allow kind of seamless adoption, I think is really helpful. I personally like my vision of what Web three is is a much more decentralized world than that personally. But I don't. I think that's altruistic to think that that's we're going to just jump into that. It's just too confusing and too challenging for most people. And so I think these these kind of announcements are helpful for people to to get on board. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I think yeah, I joke kind of with with our team. I, I say like we're a Web two point five company, right? right? Which is we're kind of that on ramp for you know a Web two brand to, to enter Web three. Yeah. And I think to your point, you know, if Web three is the goal, which is you know full decentralization you're not going to go from, you know, fully central to fully decentral without some sort of like a hybrid model, right? Or Yeah, like you can't go from like Mark Zuckerberg controlling most of my world <laughs> to being fully decentralized. <laughs> it's such a big jump, right? Yeah. We need a bit of a stepping stone, maybe. 100% agree. And that, that, that's well said in terms of kind of like just putting that tangibly out there for right. the world. <laughs> okay, one last question for you. Um, what are the benefits to society that blockchain can bring? Why do we actually care about blockchain technology at all? Yeah, so it, it, that's awesome because I think one of the things I tell people is, you know, when they say like, why, why are you interested in NFTs? And I go like, there's all the utility aspect, but I go, ultimately, I believe in kind of blockchain as a technology, which is, which is going to win, right? right? And so, um, you know, I think there's some interesting kind of trends that we're seeing as consumers, right? So things like privacy, uh, things like transparency in this kind of older world, those things are completely closed off, right? And I think blockchain is this like transparent ledger that everyone can see, everyone has, has access to. It's immutable, uh, you know. So not not to say that there aren't you know issues with it, uh, but I think if you were like you know going to a desert island right now and you're like, hey, let's like ado adopt a financial technology or let's adopt digital identity, um, you'd want something where everyone could have access to it, they could see it. And so I think for us, or I guess for us as Web three folks, um, it's just figuring out what those use cases are, right? And so I think the ultimate benefit to someone who interacts with blockchain is, is ownership. Right. And I think, you know, we were kind of talking, you know, uh, earlier, um, you know, uh, about your, your, your Bitcoin connection. Um, and so, you know, if, if there's an opportunity where you own that asset, uh, it's in your wallet, nothing in the greater world, whether it's a natural disaster, a government incident, a bank closing down can affect that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even when you, you know, are depositing kind of money into the bank, kind of goes away it's not really your money or, or they're you know farming it out to like bonds or yields or kind of whatever they're doing so i think the fact that blockchain is so transparent um and i think also the ability to transact on it is pretty interesting so um you know whether that's a real estate transaction whether it's a secondary nft transaction um having the ability for kind of removing the intermediaries um you know if, if you look at something like you know like real estate right um you know do you need to have you know to uh, real estate agents, you know, on that transaction, could you not just agree to terms, transfer the deed? Could it all be on the blockchain? I, I think we're still a little bit away, but um, yeah, I think kind of ownership and and kind of transparency are probably my two uh, favorite points. What about you? I mean, no, I totally agree. I think that like, you know, if we have this, um, I mean, your your example with the bank is interesting because like just recently, Kanye West got kicked out of his own bank. It's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. it's weird to think that that could happen or would happen. And why would that happen? You know, and so it makes me think like how important holding your own keys are and um, and having and removing kind of the intermediaries to stop those types of things from happening. 
Um, and it is a bit of a double-edged sword, but, you know, we see maybe authorities kicking certain people off of Twitter or Facebook or, or wherever, but allowing other people to stay who may be equally as bad and who makes these decisions. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of any type of decentralization and disintermediation. I think immutability is really important and transparency. All these buzzwords we throw around <laughs> in the world of Web3 we're, are important. We're, we're doing the, the Web3 drinking bingo. <laughs> and all the like, buzzwords. Which one can you, which one, <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many of these words can you say? And then how can you, can you actually define them as well? So, okay, this is great. Um, I think this has been a really great conversation. Um, it, it was super helpful for, for me to get your perspective and also understand more of what Ethos is doing, which I think is really great. So, Vo, I appreciate your time and uh, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks, man.